0: Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast of Word First Ministries. Tune in each week and join us as we pursue God's command to make disciples of all nations.
1: What is up, you guys? Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast brought to you by Word First Ministries. I am your host, Jacob O'Neill, and as always, I'm joined by my good friends, Cameron and Bailey. That's me. Bailey, go ahead and pray us in.
2: Yep. Lord, we just come to you today asking that you would um, make of us more effective evangelists. And I pray that we would, um, know and embrace and live out your gospel in our lives. Um, and just help us to, um, do that well and to avoid, um, things we ought to avoid and to present the gospel with clarity. Um, and I just pray that today you would sharpen us in this conversation we have. So Lord, we ask that you would in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you, my friend. Yep.
1: Uh, so some, one of the things we like to talk about on the show uh, that's relevant to our mission in Norway is evangelism, the mm. nature of sharing the gospel. Um, and one of the things we haven't really got into um, are some of the pitfalls that we would do best to avoid mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. sharing the yeah. gospel. Yeah, I hope so. Some of them are pretty obvious. Some of them are pretty sneaky, mm-hmm. are, are not so obvious. And so hopefully we can you know, spend a good amount of time just Philosophizing about those yeah, well, for think, a little bit. Yeah.
0: Last time we it, talked about just like not doing it. Like there's pitfall right. one is just yeah. don't. It's like stop before before you before you go. That's obviously the first thing not to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. that's
1: the most. That's probably the biggest pitfall. Probably the <laughs> biggest uh, railroad block uh, mm-hmm. that is in the way of people sharing the gospel. Yeah. Uh, but believe it or not, there are actually a lot of. Uh, different methods, different kind of ideas that have kind of made its way into evangelical Christianity um, that we want to talk about and we would actually do our best to avoid. Uh, one of them, uh, some people will be very familiar with, we actually have a story about it. Oh, was man. the first
0: day we met. The night we met. <laughs> Why don't you talk about that for a second? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why would you? Uh, so we yep. met, met Jacob when I was just sort of coming on staff as a pastor. And so yeah. I was, I was volunteering with the youth group and Jacob thought I was the sound guy, which he had every reason to. I, yeah. was, I did sound that night. You're a great sound guy. Thank you. Uh, but we were in a small group together and I mentioned this quote, the one that's attributed to Francis of Assisi, which is, uh, the way we see it on bumper stickers and memes. He didn't say this by the way, almost yeah. certainly if, if he did, it would be a total fluke. There's no evidence that he did, mm-hmm. but it's something like preach the gospel always. And when necessary use words. And I said that and Jacob about blue his top. That's a very triggering sentence for you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm a in li- fact,
0: the fact that we actually
1: made it this far into the podcast yeah. without me you flipping the table over. <laughs> yeah. So this is, this is really
0: good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little bit, maybe I'm a little bit less triggered by it. Um, because it's not, it's not bad as far as it goes. It just doesn't actually get to the gospel.
1: Well, mm-hmm. I mean, what, so what do people mean when they usually say that? So the gospel, the, the quote is, um, Always be sharing the gospel, uh, share the gospel at all times mm-hmm. when necessary, use words. Yeah, And so uh, it's exactly like what you said, as far as it goes, the, the sentiment that... Um, people should be using mm-hmm. when they uh, use that phrase is this kind of sentiment of you can't just, you know, go up to people and just go preach, preach, preach mm-hmm. at them. You have to be living out the gospel. Your, your yeah. life should be a reflection of the teachings of Jesus and the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that is true. That yeah. is a true biblical moral teaching uh, that Christians need to be doing all the time. Yeah. What's yeah. the
0: number one criticism of Christians? What are, what's the number one? The hypocrites. Right. Yeah. So this, I yeah. mean, so there's one sense when you can take, you can take that the sentiment of that statement. And it's like, don't be a hypocrite. Mm. Your whole life should be a reflection of the gospel. And that's good. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And
1: we're going to put a giant asterisk on that. Asterisk, right? Asterisk. Asterisk. <laughs> uh, there you go. Yeah. You were saying it in Norwegian. I get it. <laughs> it all, it's all running together for that's me right okay. now. Uh, so. The qualifier to that is that while while that sentiment is good, when I hear this quote be used, and the reason why it was so triggering for me is because that I I had only ever heard it be used to support this. At that point, I was seventeen. I didn't know yeah. what do I know, but
0: nothing. I was there.
1: Yeah. So uh, the sentiment that is often communicated with this quote is that. Uh, words aren't necessary for mm-hmm. sharing the gospel. We should only, I, I've heard this actual quote in a sermon. Mm-hmm. I think I shared it on this podcast. We're not supposed to do witnessing. We're supposed to be witnesses. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. What? That's <laughs> true. Each of
1: those sentences misses, misses the yeah. rest
0: of it, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: It, that's the point is it, is, is it misses the mark? So like, if, if we're going to really say that uh, we shouldn't preach the gospel, mm-hmm. we should only just be a reflection of the gospel. We're not yeah. supposed to use
0: our words when preaching the gospel. Why does that miss the mark? Yeah, because the gospel is the good news, which requires words. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have to tell people about it in sentences and propositions and you can, there are lots of ways to communicate sentences and propositions, right? Some people can't hear. Uh, so you can tell, you can write it down for them. I guess those are sentences and propositions, but some people yeah. can't see and you can like there, you can, you can sign there. Anyways, all that to say that mm-hmm. does you don't have to say it in English with your mouth, but the good news is a message and yeah. it's a message that's required for you to understand it and accept and believe it. And Mm -hmm. so the, the idea that anybody is going to extract the truth of the gospel from my pious, godly living is just foolish. Like, Mm -hmm. of course that's not going to happen. Now, definitely we should live lives that are so weird that the gospel is the only answer to why we are, we behave that way, which we've talked a bunch about before. So if we are loving when we, when no one would expect us to be impatient, when no one would expect us to be, and we're characterized by the fruit of the spirit and the love that we have for one another and a devotion to Christ, Like those things are so weird that when people go, why are Bailey and Jacob like that? That's Mm -hmm. so weird. The gospel is the only possible answer to that question. Yes. But it's still the answer to the question. It's not, it's (laughs) not as though they go, wow, this is really, uh, Mm -hmm. Jesus must have been the one who saved us because I, because I'm a sinner who's offended almighty and holy God. Like that's not what happens. You have to know the gospel.
2: Yeah. I think most times, like you're saying, Jake, um, when I hear that used, it's not used for the sentiment it ought to be used for. Mm -hmm. Um, it's always like lowering the bar, right, for mm-hmm. the Christian, um, and like reducing the standard down to like I got to do good stuff, yeah, and then we're life. back, we're back where we started. Like, well, yeah, everyone, <laughs> already the Bible. everyone already believes. Everyone already believes. Yes,
0: you just you should live a good life and be good and kind and do all the stuff Jesus mm-hmm. said, but with none of that Jesus stuff. And what it does is it sort of gives me emotional. It gives me some yeah. It gives me emotional uh, um, permission
2: mm-hmm.
0: to be like okay, I am doing the, import- the most important stuff yeah. is that I'm a loving husband and a good father. And you aren't. You aren't a- not a loving husband <laughs> and a good father. Right? But it right. gives us an emotional, uh, it gives us sort of a weight off of our shoulders to go, I'm already doing it. And mm-hmm. when necessary, use words. It's just not always necessary. They'll see through my life yeah. mm-hmm. that I'm saved by Jesus. Well, yes, people should see through your life yes. that you are saved by Jesus. And we are a shining city on a hill and we should be salt and light in a dark and bland, whatever, in a rotten world. Nevertheless, that is not the gospel. Yeah, that is right. that's the, That should prompt questions to which the gospel
2: is the yeah. answer. And I love just the plain, like, the gospel is a message. Mm-hmm. So, like, by definition, you've got to you say mess- use words. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just so rare. Think about, like, what it's saying. Like, how many of you guys can look at your own life and say, well, I so correctly represented the character of Jesus right. that my mm. life was so radical that, uh, people were just begging me for the gospel. Right. Mm. I th- I think if I'm really being honest with myself, I think the only times that that's ever happened to me were, uh, Maybe twice yeah. that somebody was like, "Yeah, it's like you're different. What? What is? What's the deal? Uh, yeah. Do you mind if I sh- share a story real quick? Sure. Yeah. So uh, it was. Uh, that's, yeah, get, gotta get the approval. Uh, <laughs> but I was uh, uh, paired up with uh, this uh, guy in high school. In science class, we Mm -hmm. were doing a lab together. And uh, I had known that he uh, has uh, homosexual attraction. Mm -hmm. And as we're sitting together working on the lab, he just straight up asks me, I didn't even bring it up. He just asked me, he's like, I would think someone like you would hate somebody like me. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And I was like, Why would you think that? He's like, Well, you're a Christian, right? And -hmm. so he was able to see the way I lived and, and knew that I was a Christian. But the thing, and I'm not trying to prop myself up. As the example, mm. but in those rare situations and mm. in my experience, I don't know if you guys can relate is those are rare situations mm. where people just look at you and are like, there's something different about you. Talk to me about that. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. And even that it was an, his expectation that you're going to persecute him. Right. And I think part of that is, which we've talked about before is that we've reduced our Christian walk to moralizing. Mm-hmm. So live well and yeah. obey all of the right rules as though God's plan for the world was a bunch of beings that obey the rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we like, we talked about before God wants us to obey the rules. He wants us to live a flourishing life that is morally perfect and never, never offends him and invites us into the relationship with the Trinity. Like that's amazing. But the purpose of Mm -hmm. life is not good behavior, right? But that's what we've Mm -hmm. sort of made it. And I think that maybe that's why you blow your top with that, that quote that was not St. Francis, but, uh, it's like, okay, that's not enough. Like preach the gospel at all times and when necessary use words. Mm -hmm. It gives me, um, It gives me an opportunity to, as Bailey said, to lower the bar and say, I'm doing it. And Mm -hmm. we talked in our first episode about evangelism, that it's already awkward enough. And Mm -hmm. we're kind of already like looking for a hole to slither out through so we can get away from this responsibility that we have to actually be messengers of the gospel, which is what evangelism is, being a messenger of the good news. Uh, We're already looking for a way out. And the thing Mm -hmm. that says, we'll just be a really good person and when necessary, use words. We go, well, yeah, that was never necessary. I've done my part. Yeah, what
1: what happens is it results in something that I call like social gospel or Mm -hmm. social evangelism. Mm -hmm. And social evangelism, what I mean when I say that is that it turns into this kind of model where, okay, I'll go meet my neighbors and I'll be friends with my neighbors for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And then one day I'll muster up the courage to invite them over to a barbecue and then I will share the gospel Mm -hmm. with them. And uh, I think you know some of us can immediately see the problems with that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's nothing wrong with befriending your neighbors. So mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with having a barbecue with your or neighbors. Or sharing the gospel with them. Yes. Mm-hmm. But uh, th- the thing is, is it lacks the urgency mm-hmm. that's yeah. behind the message. Yeah. So relationship and discipleship and... Uh, uh, community are are essential components to the, the what Jesus brought us, mm-hmm. which is a church, which is relationship with God, which is relationship with each other, which is to walk in a newness of life, um, uh, f- set free from sin. So relationship is important. I'm not trying to downplay a relationship. Right. Mm. What I'm downplaying is trying to use relationship as an excuse to do what you said, yeah. to, to lower the bar, to say, well it can be awkward sharing the gospel. I should really get to know them first on a really deep level. And then I'll share the gospel with them in 10 years. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Gosh, that it's just, just like when we all work. say we're going to start saving money. Right. Mm. I was like, well, else, when I earn more, I'll save more. And you never earn enough really to start. Like you just exactly. have, to, you just have yeah. to do it. Right. It's, but I'm, I'm going to get around to it. Yeah. I'll I'm going to get around to it eventually. Yeah. 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 Next well, time after, if I get, once I get a raise, I can't afford it now. Yeah. But at the next raise, I'm going to save money. Well, it doesn't work. That's your point, Mm -hmm. is
1: that it just doesn't work. How many, uh, we've known our family as long as we've been alive, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and how hard is it to share the gospel with them? Right. Uh, People I've known for 20 years, and, uh, it's so much harder, uh, at least I think, in, I think I speak for all of us in our experience to share the gospel with someone you do know
0: than Mm -hmm. it is to share
1: the gospel with someone you don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's already super hard to share the gospel with someone you don't know. So this kind of, um, Uh, And I say the word excuse—that might be kind of harsh. Yeah,
0: it's it's a little point of way out. Yeah, we've we've made a way of escape for ourselves from having to ever share the gospel.
2: Yeah, Yeah. and I think just to add to like the idea of we're missing the urgency of um, it—we're not promised tomorrow, and our neighbor or our family member isn't promised tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I think like we realize that really quickly when someone's in the hospital, right? Um, Like when someone's physically there then suddenly um, we prioritize it and we realize how urgent the gospel is and how we need to get it to them. Um, but, you know, we can be too late at that point. Right. So it's just, we can't plan for 10 years. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'll save the conversation yeah. for where we're going. But. Yeah. I mean, right. so
0: Jacob, you once used the the uh, metaphor of your neighbor's basement being on fire. Yeah. And yeah.
2: It would it would just be
0: weird to be like yeah you know what well yeah we'll get that to that tomorrow like yeah. I'm not going to tell him about the basement he's not he's never going to believe me why would he believe me yeah. I got to get to know him a little bit better right. first right i like invite can, him over for a barbecue I'll him over and for then a then bar tell him barbecue. his basement's on fire right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah very good and
1: so other forms that that takes um, and again the the criticism and it's really just reminders for us to avoid these things but mm. another way that social evangelism. Uh, takes form in the lives of Christians is uh, inviting people to church. Yeah. And Mm. so let your pastor be the evangelist. Right. And so inviting people to church is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Just like building Mm -hmm. relationships with your neighbors is a good thing. Um, But again, uh, it kind of feels like um, people will use that as like a wall, like to Mm -hmm. downplay, Mm -hmm. you know, the mission Mm -hmm. and instead are like, well, I'll let my pastor be the evangelist and the mission of the church, the mission of, Uh, Pastors to equip the saints Mm. to go and do those things themselves, and Mm -hmm. so that's uh, all those uh, are kind of like my why I get so triggered (laughs) that Saint Francis uh, quote that he didn't say. Yeah, Um, and I think those are good things. Well, yeah, so
0: I was going to say. I mean, we we talked about what was the point of the universe? Is the the point of God's work in the world was to reconcile humanity to Himself, and we've been Mm -hmm. given the ministry of reconciliation. Paul says. Uh, We were not given the ministry of bringing our friends to church. Like the goal is not for your friends to, to step beyond the threshold of the doors of your church. Like that, that's not, that's a good thing that should be happening. And if you are a part of a good and healthy church, then yes, invite your friend into that family. But that's not the point. The point is not how many people can we put under one roof on a Sunday morning. Mm. The point is people are doomed to an eternity separated from God and his light Mm -hmm. and his goodness but he's made a way of resolving that problem and reconciling the world to himself. So, what we want to do is extend the family of God for people to be adopted and to become children of God. Not that they occupy occupy the correct geography for a couple of hours a week. Yep.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there's this great uh, Bible verse we were reading this week out of uh, First Corinthians. Mm-hmm. Uh, First Corinthians one seventeen. Uh, we hear this. Uh, I, I hear this verse a lot. I don't know about you guys, mm. um, and I know exactly what I think about when I hear it. Um, but Bailey had some really great insights on it. You, I remember when we were talking about this yeah. this week. Uh, the verse is: uh, "For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power." Mm. That's a that's a strange sentence, isn't that? Yeah. That mm-hmm. the cro- How lest, could the cross be less powerful than what yeah. it accomplished? Yeah, and, and I totally. I think we get at least, you know, uh preeminently that uh, the the focus is on us and it's how mm-hmm. we communicate the gospel. It's our it, uh, it's the focus is on our responsibility and how we preach the gospel. And there is a way that we can preach the gospel or at least present the gospel or do something with the gospel that can rob the cro- cross of uh, Christ of its power. Yeah. Speaking of that, share with us some of the insights that we were talking about.
2: Yeah, um so I think just to put it generally it's we end up adding or subtracting from the gospel mm-hmm. um so we either make it more complicated and you know we add um like the law to it like mm-hmm. we see all throughout scripture so mm-hmm. we add like the requirements of you have to be a um Jew you can't be a gentile like you have to so we end up doing those kind of things where we add um things that we're interested in or like little corners of mm-hmm. Christianity or doctrines of the faith. Yeah, there's
0: various legalisms, yeah, right?
2: When we add, sure. to the, add to the
0: gospel our own standards that you have to climb yeah. above in order to be in.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have those things and then we have areas where we subtract from the gospel mm-hmm. or we leave off the um, not so uh, PG-13 or, you know, uh, sure. we leave off the Jesus died on a cross part mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because we want to talk about, the good part and we think that it'll be more likely to win people's hearts if we focus on the goodness. Um, so I think those are kind of the general things that we think about. Um, but for me, I like also see and think it's so crucial that we recognize, um, things like me focusing on my, like my testimony Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. like maybe I'm sharing for me, I think this is definitely one where I'm tempted to talk about the gospel with someone like to preach or share the gospel with someone. And if I bring myself into the conversation and my own history, then I can veer down the road of getting into my guilt Mm -hmm. or my, um, yeah, just my own stuff. And then I end up spending more time talking about my testimony and like what good stuff God has done for me. And I do more of that than I talk about, the gospel of Christ Um, or there are things like uh, we spend too much time, money, focus on um, the event, like the, Mm -hmm. um, for church gatherings, we, um, fund an experience that is moving emotionally. And, you know, we have keyboards in the background that are soothing and we have, um, it's like a Lights. meme now, like an acoustic <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: worship leader yeah. with an acoustic guitar pray, playing it during the altar yeah. call. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so
2: so and I, and I think just those kind of things um, they can be used very well, mm-hmm. um, and they absolutely can present the gospel and uh, they can present it clearly. But I think there's also a danger that the church ought to be very wary of yeah. of we might win people's hearts. To this emotional experience that yeah. we're crafting, yeah. um, or even like apologetics, where if yeah. someone's asking me um, when I'm sharing the gospel with them, uh, how did the universe come to exist? And then we start talking about the little details of my version of creation that I believe in versus their uh, evolution with science and everything. Like, sure. if we basically all that to say, if we let our focus go to things that aren't the plain gospel that we talked Mm -hmm. about for an hour last week, then we end up adding or subtracting from the gospel. Yeah. I think the
0: idea is that you can't improve the gospel. Yeah. But we sort of keep trying to, so it doesn't need the, 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 How do I say? The task of evangelism is not to make the gospel better, more attractive, to improve upon it, Mm -hmm. to reboot it. Like, it doesn't need any of that. It doesn't need better CGI. And, like, (laughs) (laughs) right. That's not 2020's gospel is the same as zero's gospel. Exactly. The the gospel can't be improved upon. Our responsibility is to make the gospel clear and to knock down barriers between the good news of Christ and people's ability to understand it. And understand it well and thoroughly. At that point, it's the responsibility of the individual to accept and receive it, or reject Mm. it. And we continue to uh, to pray for those people and continue to be an example and win win some influence with them that they that they might see the gospel in our life. And we can continue to give them the plain truth. But the idea is the gospel doesn't need to be sharpened. It doesn't need. It needs nothing else. It just needs to be let loose. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I think one, like the gospel doesn't need it. And then two, um, when we do all of that stuff, Mm -hmm. we run the risk of winning people's hearts to a gospel that isn't the true gospel of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's like a danger that I think is far less uh, talked about than it ought to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the danger, right? The problem that every human has is they believe some gospel that's not the real gospel. Mm -hmm. The good news is themselves. Their good news is... Is status their good news is success mm-hmm. and achievement in this life. Like everyone has the wrong gospel. Mm. And so if you give them just another wrong gospel, you're in exactly the same place, except it's even worse than that is that you run the risk feeling like I found it. Yeah, I found it. And what yeah. you found is at best fool's gold. Mm. And what was interesting is that when I uh,
1: was brainstorming all these different examples that I could think of the ways that we could, Uh, potentially rob the cross of its power. Mm -hmm. Um, There's actually a lot of examples that we could come up with just like on the spot. And so Bailey was touching on these ideas of uh, there are things that we can do and that the church does that seem really good, that Mm -hmm. seem like really awesome. Like, Oh my gosh, like we, we, we were twelve years old once. Like, who doesn't want to start mm. crying when the guy busts out his acoustic guitar <laughs> and the preacher is like, "You're a sinner." Yeah. And you're like, "I'm a sinner." Yeah. And so, who doesn't want to like get emotional over stuff like that? Um. And but I think there is a real danger, and I think the um, point that we've all been that you guys have been hitting home at least mm. is that robbing the cross of its power. Means like doing something or adding something to the gospel message that makes the gospel not enough. I need right. to do mm-hmm. this. I can think of so many examples. I'll touch on uh, one that uh, you were you ended with um, in the apologetics community. Mm-hmm. There is like how many times does the debate come up? Uh, you're an apologist, right? Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> and I dabble. <laughs> <laughs> you're a real apologist, though. And so, uh, how many times does the debate come up? What's the use of evangelism and apologetics? Mm-hmm. What's the marriage between those yeah. two? How does that happen? Yeah. I see that debate all the time, mm-hmm. and so people like people like me are really, really tempted to when I'm evangelizing to someone mm-hmm. to fight the
0: intellectual battle right. to mm-hmm. to convince them. That's my yeah. that's my mo. That's my my. Remember, we, we I told you uh, I told you guys before. My thing, like my concern for the world is they believe the wrong things and the bad things that you believe have eternal consequences. So that's just kind of where my, my mind and my heart go immediately. And I just go, well, look, let's sort out all of these Mm -hmm. wrong beliefs and you can be looking down the path that leads to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so it's, that's a tempting battle to fight. And there are people that
1: fight it really well Mm -hmm. and uh, and it's, it's effective as far as it goes. Mm. Um, But for me, uh, that intellectual battle, uh, can really become a distraction mm-hmm. because it's like, am I winning people to the gospel or am I winning them to good philosophy? Yeah. And mm-hmm. there's a sense in which those are related. Obviously, mm-hmm. the, your philosophical mind <laughs> is not going to want to stop analyzing that sentence. Yeah. I know, no, but, it's okay, I'm good. <laughs> okay, cool. So, but th- there's a uh, a sense in which I can I can present someone all of these proofs for Christianity, the historical case. I could do a philosophical case. I could do all these different. Uh, avenues to intellectually fight that battle and yeah. win, like actually do a great job doing it. But the problem is their hearts never get changed. That's they never I get learned. convicted of sin. Yeah. They never uh, realize that they need a savior. Right. And so like all I did was just confuse the guy for an hour yeah. with mm. intellectual arguments, but his heart was never, I never tried to reach his heart with well, the that's, gospel. Yeah. I mean,
0: yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I learned. I backed out of sort of all yeah. kind of apologetic debate, stuff, like there is definitely, there's a, a large corner of the internet that is consumed by that. And there are awesome dudes who are occupying that corner. So me, like me joining the, joining the fray, it just doesn't add anything to what's going on anyways. But I, in, in, uh, in the context of ministry that God has called me to, I just didn't see people's hearts changing Mm -hmm. and your mind follows your heart. Um, I mean, if there's one thing I grow more and more and more convinced of, I mean, that's after studying philosophy and apologetics, um, is that, most of, or the most important things we believe, I think we believe with our heart first and then we find good reasons to believe those things. And then we feel like what we're doing is living perfectly rationally, but we don't do that at all. We, I mean, our, most of us have um, beliefs that are flatly contradictory and and some people like to weed those out. For me, that's kind of a fun thing to do, figure out the things that I believe that can't both be true and which one is true. But most of us, we don't, we don't, um, that isn't a fun thing for most people to do. Uh, it's a weird dude thing to do. Yeah. But nevertheless, I think that our minds follows our our minds follow our hearts, and we have reasons that are not perfectly rational or intellectual for believing the things that we do, and then we sort of backfill the intellectual case for the things that we believe anyway. So I noticed in, in my discussion, even if I could build something like a rock solid case for the existence of God and yeah. the and the the exclusivity of the gospel, and the you know. I could give you that presentation mm. and I think it would be pretty, it could hold water, but it doesn't change people's minds. I kept thinking, what's wrong with these people? Oh, the same thing that's wrong yeah. with me, right? I'd rather yeah. worship myself mm. than, than bow to, to my creator. And so i I mostly don't get, that's a distraction for in most cases for me. However, this is not to, this is not to dump on apologists. Um, because I am, I am not, I don't know if I am one. But I love apologetics. <laughs> I heartily, uh, enthusiastically love apologetics, and it definitely has its place because there are people who have, um, there's some bumps in their road. There, it really is. There are people who are the thing that I said, where they just believe the wrong things, and if you help to straighten mm-hmm. that out, then um, then they can be set their eyes on Jesus and, and desire that. But yeah. that usually happens uh, more relationally too. Well, definitely,
1: so, there's definitely a flip side to that coin. Yeah. Like there are people that are on that have heard the gospel that are. Um, convicted of their sin and Mm -hmm. are like literally on the edge of about to put faith in Jesus. But they have this one question or something Mm -hmm. like that. They have a couple apologetic style questions and in situations like that and for edifying other Christians, that's where I've personally found apologetics to be the most useful is for building up
0: other Christians. Yeah, Um, me too. And uh, I'll say I have friends who are like science, scientific apologists who see, um, who God uses in crazy ways, where they get to meet other brilliant scientists who say, "Look, the world just doesn't make sense," and and these friends of mine can explain the world in terms of a Christian worldview, and uh, and the non-believing scientist goes, "Oh my gosh, that makes sense of everything. Like, what else? What else do I need to know?" So there are people, you know, like like I really I really think identify with uh, Thomas who doubted mm. that Jesus was mm. Jesus, he, you know, he died and people don't undie and show me what I like, show me, show me the proof. Mm. And there are people whose, whose minds are burdened. And until they can make sense of a thing, then, then they can't consider believing it. Um, so, I mean, I think those people do exist, but just in, in my, in my experience and the people that I've been around, um, God doesn't give a lot of those to me. He lets the people qualified to, mm. <laughs> to do it. He lets smart <laughs> people deal with them. Yeah. Um, for the rest of us though, I think that the gospel it's at its core it's relational. You know like we keep talking about at the core it's relational. What is God doing? Reconciling the world to himself. What is our ministry? It's a ministry of reconciliation.
1: Absolutely. And I think yeah, I wanted to clarify but I I think I think that's good. I mm-hmm. think because mm-hmm. the problem is you and I could talk about that for yeah, hours. Yeah, we need to stop. <laughs> but I want to talk I want to talk about something that Um, you brought up which is I'm going to go back to the acoustic guitar guy again Mm. Um, I've seen that happen and you said that uh, it could happen well there could be Mm. times where that's appropriate but there's a danger to it Mm -hmm. and unfortunately I personally remember a a time very clearly where I saw it uh, dangerously be used and a complete lack of discernment it was in uh, uh, back in Long Beach in Mm. uh, California Mm -hmm. It was, uh, I'm not going to say the name of the festival, but it was a Christian festival, <laughs> easily 20,000 people had attended. Yeah. And um, I remember uh, the when the guy got up to preach the gospel mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately I'm using air quotes, I don't say this with joy, but I say this, uh, uh, the reason I'm smiling is just because I remember it so clearly, and we need to be aware of this, that this is possible. Um, he got up there and uh, talked about the gospel for a couple minutes. Uh, obviously pianos were going off in the background, kind of towards the beginning of the concert, mm-hmm. and he, uh, th- th- nothing about sin, uh, nothing about um, uh, our guilt being washed away before Mm -hmm. God, all about, um, you know, going to heaven and all about what God did for us Mm -hmm. and not how we should respond to God. And it was all, it was euphoric and there was steam and everything. Mm -hmm. And he asked people for a commitment to Christ, um, totally riding off of the emotion. Yeah. And that's, that's like the other side of the horse Mm -hmm. where, we were talking about how we're tempted to fight the intellectual battle. He was fighting the emotional battle so hard Mm. that the essence of the gospel was completely missing. And then he dared to say afterwards, we got like a couple thousand commitments to Jesus. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, so heartbroken. I'm like, what are you doing? Mm. Like you're just fighting
0: the emotional battle so hard. Well, you're, you're exploiting an emotional state of being right. And, mm -hmm. And, and that is, that can be manufactured so yeah. you can make people feel that way about just about anything mm-hmm. and then, uh, ask the movies doctor. and music to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So uh, I want, I want you to keep going. You go, yeah. you, please. Yeah. I'll just say, um, I think that like speaks to the importance of realizing we're judged again, based on our faithfulness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, not by our fruit. Um, because the, if our goal is as many commitments as possible, then we end up veering down that path slowly. Yeah. Um, and we, again, that's why, I, like, the thing we know is obviously wrong when we ask this question is um, people in city streets with signs saying, uh, believe in Jesus or go to hell. Mm-hmm. Right, And we know, and that's a common conversation the church has and points at as, yep, that's, you're missing the grace, the mercy, the love, and like you're trying to communicate the gospel without all of these very important aspects of it. Yeah. Um, I mean. So you're just effectively making people run from it. I saw someone yeah. in
1: Oslo, like um, two months ago, doing mm-hmm. that on uh, Carl oh, Johan's got yeah. it oh, in yeah. Oslo. I saw yeah, somewhere. We yeah. When yeah, you guys were in the in store shopping H&M, no, yet <laughs> in h H&M, Yeah. But like, I saw some. I saw someone doing that here. Yeah. Like, and here's the thing: the people who also preach like believe in Jesus or go to hell
2: mm-hmm.
1: are also missing the essence of the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Because in that statement alone, there's nothing about sin. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about mm-hmm. Jesus paying the penalty for your sin. There's nothing about him redeeming you and making you a new creation. Yeah. It's, it's only like, you know, turn or burn. Well, we yeah. have an and entire
0: that, new Testament yeah. that, that leaves us a great example, yeah. right? And every time the gospel is presented in the new Testament, it contains four components, God and his goodness, sin and its awfulness, the salvation in Christ and the response that's expected in order to become a member of the family of God. If what you think you're doing is sharing the gospel and you haven't shared at least those four things, then you have not shared the complete gospel. And it's really dangerous to leave, to leave any part out. Of course. Well, how many, how many times do we hear,
1: um, things like heaven and hell be used as like, they're almost like distractions. They're Mm -hmm. almost like it's, I feel like some people treat evangelism and I did this for years. I'm not trying to uh, get on a high horse. I did this for years. Um, Use heaven. Like it's the, uh, like that's the selling point. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's what you should come to Jesus for. Heaven is obviously a part of why Jesus came and heaven is a real place that we are going to be someday. Mm -hmm. Um, And God is going to make a new creation and that will be heaven and earth together. But here's the thing. Uh, If I ask anybody, if they want to go to heaven, uh, the answers I get are yes. Right. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody wants to go to heaven. Yeah. Uh, I think I've only spoken to one person who said no. But mm-hmm. everybody wants to go to heaven. Not everybody wants to be with God. Right. Mm-hmm. Not everybody wants the relationship mm-hmm. uh between their them and their creator restored. Right. And so I think that sometimes um we can get uh, we were reading something out of The Cost of Discipleship mm-hmm. where we were talking about uh, the Jesus' disciples and the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. And what the Pharisees did, uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer makes this point, that the Pharisees became legalistic because they took the gift, which was the law, mm-hmm. and they elevated that above the giver. Yeah. So they missed the point that what God wants is a relationship. God wants to uh, love uh, lo- love between him and his creatures. Mm-hmm. That's why that's one of the commandments is to love your God. Yeah, right. And they elevated the law, the list of mm-hmm. rules above their creator. And I feel like uh, we can, we are in, also in danger of elevating the gift mm-hmm. of heaven, of eternal life, yeah. of spending eternity with each other, mm-hmm. you know, partying with the angels yeah. at, above the giver.
0: Well, and that's, uh, I mean, that, that's the point and uh, not the point that, that we see that everywhere. Right. So the ask people, ask nonbelievers, ask a lot of believers, heaven help us. What's the point of Christianity? Mm-hmm. They go oh, well. If you're good, if you're good enough, you go to heaven, and if you're bad enough, you go to hell. Mm-hmm. You go, no, no, no. That's just to completely miss the point. Yeah, like that's not the the story. Is everybody is bad enough? Every single one of us, and only one of us, who is actually God Himself, was good enough. And on account of His goodness, we can be made right with God. And we lose the core of the gospel, and the core of truthfully, the core of creation, which is God's desire. To have a family and to have relationship with each of us.
2: Yeah, and to just to bring it back to your example and your question, um, I'd say like for the apologist, Mm -hmm. they're if the apologist is spending their time answering questions of about creation and the universe and everything, they're lacking the urgency of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Like the gospel comes first, and then Mm -hmm. once you've got that in their ears, um, spend you know, forever mm-hmm. meeting up with them for coffee and answering those questions, but you have to make sure you've clearly given them the gospel mm-hmm. and then have at it with those conversations to yeah. help their logical mind. Um, and then for the example you, uh, described, I think just the, we have to be so careful to be clear with the gospel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if, we're doing something that we 're calling a gospel presentation right and um, calling people to come to Christ, then we have to make sure that um, and obviously we can't be perfect like um, even with so like when we were at the orchard and running the young adults ministry, mm-hmm. um, one thing I like love to do was make it super awkward um, <laughs> while leading worship because mm-hmm. um, I feel like if we get into the Emotional, worshipy mood. Yeah. Um. Then I can do that same thing. Walk right. people down an emotional road. Yeah. And like, I'd much rather make some people like stop playing my guitar. All instruments stop, and then we're just singing, or there's silence for mm-hmm. a few minutes for no reason, um, so that we don't get all this pent up right. emotion that takes us down a road to make us think we're mm-hmm. one of the Christians. Like, I'd much rather the skeptic like this is weird yeah and Mm -hmm. like why are they this is weird and i don't believe the stuff and like them come to genuine faith over time because the skeptic understands why people go to a concert right yeah can just be a part of of it and go
0: okay i totally get this Mm -hmm. but there should be the weirdness where you go, what (laughs) the heck is this about Mm -hmm. i have another story
1: to tell (laughs) (laughs) it is high school i think it was actually it was either the same year i went to that concert in long beach um it was so long ago for you. I understand.
0: <laughs> well, it was I like had terrible bringing it back. It was like eight years ago. It was like a quarter <laughs> it was, it was,
1: of your life ago. <laughs> oh my gosh! It was years ago. Years, oh my years ago. Years So
0: many of those years. So I was, I remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I'm not that
1: sorry. But, but it's so. Fu- it. It just it just came to me. I wasn't even yeah. going to talk about this. Um, we uh, at at high school. We were uh, there was like some kind of special assembly where Mm -hmm. this I think I don't know who they were. It was like this motivational like speaking group. Like Mm -hmm. it was just a couple of just a couple people uh, to talk about uh, to these teenagers. We were like seventeen and under about how to like really turn our lives around. Right, Mm, seventeen year olds turn their lives around. (laughs) Um, and and to motivate us like to live good lives. It was really just pseudo Buddhism. But uh, and I'm sitting here and literally. This girl gets up to share this poem. This is supposed to be this motivational poem about following your heart and uh, this emotional thing where it's like be a good person serve other people and like for goodness sake and trying to be Mm -hmm. a good person and a guy walks out with an acoustic guitar and he Mm -hmm. starts noodling away on the four chords the one uh, five six four chord progression and he like it's this euphoric moment and you have people just crying and like everything that she's saying is this is like this is exactly the same method Mm -hmm. I've seen in a a Mm -hmm. youth group to start up emotions, and mm-hmm. they're they are doing it with a a, a damnable message, a yeah. message
0: that doesn't do anything. Yeah, it could be and, anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, the cults all have lots of music, mm. right? Exactly. Yeah, the, the, so the devil has heard of music, right? <laughs> and he, music, uh, there's lots we could say about that. Music does have a spiritual component oh, to yeah, it, absolutely. it does, it, it can touch your soul like I nothing mean, else. It, it can, yeah. it, mm. it, it can, and I think that's one of the. Um, uh, reasons why God gave it to us as a gift. Mm-hmm. G- music is a gift um, to be enjoyed for God's glory and for our benefit because mm-hmm. it, it can touch your soul like that. But it can be really dangerous. It, mm-hmm. Like anything, mm-hmm. it can be taken and twisted um, to teach the message that they tried to sell to us well, in and, high school. And the thing yeah.
0: that kills you. I mean, one of my professors in school, was. he used an example. He, he talked about yum-yum. And yum-yum was this fill-in for like Nutra-Sweet or saccharin or something. It's the kind of thing mm-hmm. that tastes okay And it tastes like it tastes sweet and it tastes like it's nutritious, but it really has no nutritional value, right? It's it's Mm -hmm. zero calories. It's nothing. And if you only ate that, you'd kind of be satisfied, but you would slowly be killing yourself, but feeling uh, all the while feeling full and completed. And that's, I mean, that as an example, as a metaphor comes to mind for me all of the time. It's like, what Mm -hmm. what are we giving people? Worship leaders. What are you putting in the mouths of your congregants? Like we mm. have to take that seriously. Mm-hmm. Am I giving them yum yum or am I giving them spiritual spiritual meat? Am I giving them yeah. what is actually going to nourish them? Am I supplying them with words to sing to their creator in order to help um, uh, not facilitate? I guess I, I don't really have the words, but in order to pour our love and adoration out for, for God almighty and that way experience one of the facets of relationship with him. Like, is that what we're doing Mm -hmm. or are we, I think the way you put it, Bailey, when we met was something like creating an experience, Mm -hmm. like, are we creating an experience and you can do that too. And you can fill it in with anything. You can fill the experience in with anything. And, um, And cause people just to end up worshiping themselves. That happens in church too, by the way, is you create the right kind of experience. And now what people worship is that experience and they experience their, they worship their state of mind and their state of being when they're whipped up into this kind of spiritual, emotional state, which is really, really, really powerful. And then when that goes, so goes Mm -hmm. their faith. Yeah. 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 That's a really big
1: topic in the evangelical community right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and so, but I think it it is really important Mm -hmm. because of some of the issues we've been talking about. Um, I, um, have fallen out of love. There was a time when I was not always like this, but Mm -hmm. I, uh, used to be like really, uh, into songs that were more on the emotional side yeah. that were uh, less on the theological side, but more on the emotional side. I'm a musician. I'm a singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. I enjoy well-written songs and there are uh, gosh, if you've been on this, if you've been a part of this debate for any amount of time, you know that on the side uh, that receives a lot of criticism these days, they have a lot of really well-written songs. Oh, yeah. They're, they do it better than anybody else in the world. They, they're, they're, um lyrics are catchy their choruses are hooky their um production is top notch mm-hmm. a a a plus um but i've kind of fallen out of love with the with that kind of style yeah. because it's um most of the time those songs are vacuous.
0: Well, yeah. And the idea is that movement isn't always progress. So I can be moved, but it doesn't mean that I've gone anywhere that I should be going. Mm -hmm. And if I am moved just deeper into myself, you know, Luther famously put it, that the problem with humanity is that we have a heart turned in on itself. Like Mm -hmm. if what I end up doing is just, is, is my heart turns in on itself even harder or even, even more, um, with more vigor then I'm doing exactly the wrong thing. And we just have to be careful and mindful. I mean, we have to always be constantly vigilant about idolatry. I mean, the whole history Mm -hmm. of the old Testament is like, and then they put idols in the temple and so God takes care of them. And then they put idols here and they worship idols in the high places. And it's idol after idol, after idol, after idol. (laughs) And after God tells them very specifically, like stop making idols and Mm -hmm, worship me instead. And that should be, uh, that should be a warning for us because we can't just think those foolish, uh, Israelites, although they right. were. But it's like me foolish American, because I continue to construct idols for myself, yes. and the mm. church has to be vigilant and on guard about what what is it that we are inviting people to worship. And if it ends up, you know, if you, it ends up reducing to you're inviting them to worship themselves again, then you've left them with the same problem, only it's worse. And in the some of the churches that we're talking about is uh, you can create a congregation who believes that they're the super Christians. yep. At the same time, they're worshiping themselves and haven't actually submitted to Christ. And it's uh, that's actually not, I think, at all what we really set, to t- set out to talk about. Well, but I- goodness, <laughs> you pull our string and look what happens. Well, I mean, here's the... That could totally rob the cross of its power. Yeah, so
1: yeah, could okay. Thank you, get, you for
0: bringing that back, brother. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. Did you like that, audience? Way okay, to land that train. <laughs> well, so you could put everybody into an emotional system. You could yeah. pile everyone together in a building, make them feel like they're Christian, mm-hmm. and instead they actually leave further away from God right. than they mm-hmm. walked into the and building. And feeling closer. And feeling closer. Yeah. And that is a, a dangerous place to be. And mm-hmm. uh, the cure to that is exactly what Bailey said uh, earlier. We have to be clear. Here. Mm-hmm. we have to be honest we have to be bold and it mm-hmm. takes mm-hmm. gosh sharing the gospel takes a lot of boldness yeah. it, it's offensive and it, could get, it gets gross and people um, can yell at you and be, be upset and it, it causes relational yeah. tension it touches our
0: soft spots of I mean, course it starts with you're a sinner who's offended infinite God and you can't possibly fix it mm. yeah like that's that that thing stings and it's something that none of us wants to believe about ourselves, but we all in some sense know.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So with that, with all of that in mind, um,
1: there was something you brought to us uh, Mm -hmm. when we first uh, landed here in Norway. Mm -hmm. There was an article you sent us uh, with your training with the IMB that Mm -hmm. they gave you that you wanted us to meditate on and read about um, it was about these groups of people that were trying uh, some of the pitfalls we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you talk about that article a little yeah. bit and some of your takeaways?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was missionaries who were, who were evangelizing in an, in an Islamic context. Mm-hmm. And sort of the conventional wisdom there was you have to be very careful in that, in that space and in that place and in that context and among those people. You have to be very careful about being an open Christian. Uh, that that would be uh, some kind of impediment to your ability to um, effectively effectively share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so their strategy involved basically being a secret Christian for an, an amount of time until there was relational space to sort of come out mm-hmm. and then explain their stuff with gospel answers, which, again, there's n- nothing itself that's bad. But what they noticed was new missionaries came and they were noticing that people just weren't learning about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I thought this is that we're seeing no fruit in the mission field and the, the gospel should be, should be at least, um, it should be at least pricking people. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there was uh, some small group of missionaries who just decided, you know what, we're not going to wait to get to it. And they wanted to figure out how to have gospel. Co- like your first conversation with a Muslim in this area was to get to the gospel. How do we get to the gospel right away? And they developed, call it a strategy. It really is a strategy, but they developed a way of having a natural conversation with somebody whose worldview is Islamic and being able to, um, again, in that culture and in that context, Mm -hmm. um, be able to get to a gospel conversation basically right away without ever having to wait to, you know, wait five years to reveal their secret hidden Christian identity, but instead to, to get to the point as early as possible and from then, they saw, saw people really starting to understand and then therefore mm. respond to the gospel. Now, people can respond negatively to the gospel. They mm. can decide, heck, I don't yeah. want anything to do with that. But people were responding negatively and positively in a place where the gospel just wasn't getting out because people were keeping it under a basket.
1: And what were the results before when they hid, hid as you said, hid yeah. their Christian identity, kind of did, we were talking about the social gospel earlier, yeah. kind of using that approach, similar, a yeah. little different. Why but don't you, you go ahead and explain it? Well, like I said earlier, it's like this idea where you uh, befriend somebody for ten mm-hmm. years, invite them to a barbecue. Yeah. If they, if they do barbecues out there. Yeah. Um, They've heard of food. It's, they don't eat pork. Though, yeah. But, <laughs> uh, so. Um, <laughs> Is what were their results um, like when they did hide their identity and
0: try and wait a couple years? Yeah, I mean there were essentially no results. They they made friends yeah. and they learned the language and they spent a lot of support money, less than we're spending in Norway because it's expensive to live here. But mm-hmm. they spent a lot of support money, yeah. but never got to the gospel conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, they got comfortable in their lives of uh, and living sort of as underground Christians among these Islamic people, and I think we we talked a little bit. We talked about. Um, uh, contextualization in an earlier episode, right? Mm-hmm. So these people I think were overly contextualizing and yeah. sort of living as secret Christians in a way that they never got mm-hmm. to the gospel. So how are they robbing the gospel? How are they robbing the, the cross of its power? It was because they never got to it. Mm. They're hoping, mm-hmm. hoping maybe, and I'm, I, I really want to be careful because I feel like I'm criticizing. These are wonderful, amazing, good, godly men and women who are doing a difficult no, task. We, in a, we have a lot to yeah, learn from them in a crazy, from this example. in a crazy yeah. place. Yeah. However, because they were not bold. I mean, that's just, that's not the pattern that you see in the new Testament, right? The new Testament is Paul <laughs> no. shows up in a place yeah. and forgive me for making it kind of crass, but he kicks the door in. Mm-hmm. He talks about the gospel. <laughs> he goes into the synagogue. He, t- right. he preaches the gospel two and- days ow, after ow, getting ow, saved, ow. right? Cause they're mm-hmm. pelting him with rocks. They kill him yeah. and leave him for dead. Right? So uh. he, he's not, he's not mincing his words and he's not taking his time and he's not doing it really because he's kick. He's not Rambo. Rambo is too old a reference. He's not Rambo. <laughs> yeah. Rambo's fine. He, Rambo's fine. Yeah. Rambo. He's not, the the purpose is not rudeness, but the purpose is these are God's chosen people and they need to hear about their savior. And he believes it and he knows that their, that their basement is on fire as it were. And he needs to tell them. And so that's maybe one extreme strategy. And Paul was specially anointed and blessed and we are not Paul. So let's, (laughs) when we read the scriptures, don't put yourself in the place of Paul. Mm -hmm. You are not Paul. However, you don't see a strategy that really is like, we'll get to the Jesus stuff. Like we'll Mm -hmm. get there. We'll Mm -hmm. get there. And in our context, I mean, we have, we have a whole lot to learn. That's right. We have a whole lot to learn uh, where we're at. These people in general do not have an Islamic worldview. And so the conversation that we have with them and sort of our strategy for making the gospel as understandable as possible so that they understand it with their mind and their heart and have the response, the opportunity and responsibility to make a decision is different than kick the door in and preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. However, Um, bring it back to the article that I sent you in the first place. They just weren't seeing people make gospel decisions for or against. They just never got to it. And Mm -hmm. then when the decision was made that, well, listen, let's try a new tack. Let's, let's, um, let's get to the gospel as quickly as possible. People were coming to know Jesus. They were hearing about Mm -hmm. him and he was, because only Jesus answers the, the question that every human's heart has. And they were never getting, they were never getting to that thing. And there's a certain sense in which their Islam had been feeding them yum, yum and slowly killing them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they had, they actually got spiritual nourishment for the first time and said, Oh my goodness, this is what I've been after the whole time. And they were responding to Christ.
2: Yeah. I think that's just like kind of summarizes what we've talked about today. And, uh, last week what we talked about, um, just the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's our job to go and share it. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, it's our job to go and share it clearly. Right. Like mm-hmm. fully, truly, clearly mm-hmm. share the gospel. Um, and I think just, um, I hadn't come to my mind, um, Paul, I don't, why do we, poor mm-hmm. Paul. <laughs> He's uh, kind of a big name uh, yeah, in yeah. Christianity. Yeah, um, <laughs> But he says a few times, um, like he refers to his own actions and mm-hmm. says like, look, when I was with you guys before, I was blameless, or I was mm-hmm. a servant among you, yeah. or um something like that, and um describes his own behavior and then is able to um come and say, but like still i uh, I think in the verse um that you read it's where it's around that that he says this um but he says like I don't rob the cross of Christ of its mm-hmm. power mm-hmm. um so like i don't I think just with coming back to the St. Francis quote, that's not a St. Francis quote. <laughs> um, like it's so crucial that we do both of those things. Mm-hmm. And there it's a, um, it's a tension. Oh man. Yeah. The tensions of, <laughs> um, like the, we have to find the middle ground between those tensions. And a lot of like what we've talked about with evangelism is a tension. Yeah. And I think that one, like Paul exemplifies it really well. Um, he lives it out, mm-hmm. so he is a servant among them, and all those things um, but at the same time, he doesn 't rob the cross of Christ of its power, and like his pointing to people to the gospel isn 't like "I was awesome, I was mm-hmm. a servant among you like he 's got that as credit to um speak to himself, and they know it from seeing it in his life, but he still presents the gospel plainly and clearly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that 's the thing that has effect and then the it 's just crucial and important after the fact when he's talking to them about, um, you know, Hey, you guys need to stop doing the stuff you're doing mm-hmm. that he refers back to his own credibility right. and personal holiness. So, right. And
0: it's it because it's not a point of his credibility and personal holiness that is getting people saved. Right? Yeah. He's, uh, he's uh, using that as an example to fellow believers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like you guys look at me and when they see people who walk blamelessly, Mm-hmm. Then they wonder <laughs> Then they wonder about Jesus you don 't even have to preach the gospel, mm-hmm.
2: right? just, just yeah. live it out and when necessary use words right? there 's right. a reason that's yeah. not in the scriptures, and yeah. I think just like the not robbing the cross of Christ of its power is present the gospel plainly mm-hmm. like Paul says to, yeah. and then the personal holiness stuff that 's um, not being a hypocrite mm-hmm. to them like that 's how we make sure we don 't have that reputation yeah. We talked about that, and yeah. we did
0: a series about that in our Young Adult Ministry Rise. Mm-hmm. We talked about walking the walk and talking the talk. Oh yeah, And you have to do both. Mm. If you walk the walk but you don't talk the talk, that's the Francis thing, where yeah. it's like nobody knows the gospel. And right. so, they, so you, you, don't give them, you don't give them the cure to their, to their spiritual condition. Mm-hmm. And if you talk the talk and you don't walk the walk, then you're a hypocrite and nobody believes or cares about what you have to say about yeah. anything. And so you have to be doing both of those things. You have to live uprightly. Um, but not for its own sake and not for the sake of your own personal piety or righteousness. Mm-hmm. My righteousness was won by Christ and not by me. Mm-hmm. However, if I'm living in a way that is inconsistent with the gospel that I, um, uh, that I am sharing mm-hmm. or that I, uh, that I claim to be a representative of, then just nobody has a reason to take me seriously. Yeah. And, and the point mm-hmm. is, like we said, the point is not getting more members on the team or something as though that's good in and of itself. The point is that people are hellbound without being reconciled to God through Christ, and like myself included. Mm.
1: I am beyond blessed because I could literally sit and hear them talk about this for hours. Yeah. So um, good. Because as soon as we stop rolling, we're just going to keep. Talking about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, you stay here tonight. Let's get to that, though. Uh, so here, so here's the thing. We've been spending a lot of time criticizing um, some pitfalls, some yeah. bad ideas, and it's mostly been a reminder for us. Mm-hmm. So when in 10 years I walk up to Cam and I'm say, hey, man, uh, share the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. I can use this to mm. punch myself in the That's face right. <laughs> uh, later. So yeah. uh, really... I am the kind of guy who is super tempted to be gung ho, kick mm-hmm. the door down and share the gospel with everyone. Like, okay, what are we doing? Who's the, who's, yeah, yeah. what's the gospel strategy? I don't know yeah. why I was holding guns, but <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I am totally tempted to do that, but these things that we're talking about, these actual real-life examples that you mm-hmm. talked about when you talk, brought up apologists and brought up missionaries, we have so much to learn from their example, yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. all, we have so much to learn personally. Like, yeah, we there's so much we have to learn, but we have to be aware of these pitfalls that we've already experienced, mm-hmm. where we come from, mm-hmm. and we've seen a few here, and we, we have to be aware of these things. With the universal, and, like we're calling people's right.
0: allegiance to the subject of this gospel Mm. that we are, that we are sharers of. Mm -hmm. And so we just, so we can't take that. It's impossible to take that seriously enough. We can't lose sight of that. And we are absolutely prone to carve up and worship our own idols too.
1: Yeah. And so, uh, Thank you for tuning in. I I want this to be encouraging because Mm -hmm. it definitely we don't get there overnight. It takes (laughs) practice. It takes boldness. It takes a lot of prayer. It takes personal holiness Mm -hmm. uh, to preach the gospel effectively with your words and with your life. Um, We definitely are not the examples. We have a lot to learn too and a lot of practicing to do. So I hope you are inspired to practice those things, to be weary of those pitfalls. I hope you are inspired to use your voice, raise your voice like a trumpet and preach the gospel to your neighbors, your family, your friends, Mm -hmm. people at your church. So God bless you. Thank you for tuning in and we will see you again next week. God bless.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Word First Radio. If you like the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. If you want to learn more about Word First and how you can support the ministry spiritually and financially, check us out at wordfirst.us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Word First Radio and we'll see you again next week. God bless.